Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we are discussing how to cultivate resiliency and how to do hard things well. So we hope it's helpful, and thanks for listening. Hey, Austin. Hi, Wes. How's it going, man? It's going good. Going good. Long time no see. I think I saw you like an hour ago. Yep. Mm -hmm. You're stuck with me. Stuck with you. Well, that's it's fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> We had a good staff meeting today, first time since the summer. So it was good to be with everybody. And some things came up in conversation that got me thinking. And I think today it'd be good to talk a little bit more about resilience, which is a cultural trait at the refuge. But I want to set it up first, if that's all right with you. Sounds good to me, man. The first thing that comes to mind is um, there's a biblical passage in the New Testament. Um, there's a book called James. And in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, um, the writer says this, says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, again, as we always do, this isn't a theological podcast. We're not trying to parse biblical test texts per se, but we are you know, we are people of faith and we want to be, to be grounded in, in our faith. And so as we talk about resilience, I think the interesting thing about this passage in James is it really points out that, you know, difficulty is a reality of life and anyone listening is like, duh, of course, but there's actually a point to what James calls trials. We could call it all kinds of things though, right? Like just we go through tough situations and that is meant to produce much like to make us mature. Like I remember <clears throat> Andrew, a guy who coaches me, who I've talked about quite a bit, you know, he, one of the times we were meeting, we were talking about parenting and, and um, I kept bouncing around the simple question of just like, what do you ultimately want for your kids? And it really came down to like, I want them to be able, I want them to be resilient. I want them to be able to endure hardship. I want them to be able to be strong. And he asked me, well, how, how do you do that? Because the whole conversation started with me saying some ridiculous thing about like how much money I wanted to leave them. And he asks this really profound question, which is why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, why? And I'm like, well, yeah. because he's like, no, like why? Because I don't want them to, I, I made the mistake with Andrew of saying, well, cause I don't want them to experience pain. And he's like, what, why? And I'm like, cause I don't want them to go through pain. Well, how, is you think you can keep them from going through pain? Have you ever met people that have a lot of money? Do they seem to be pain free and, and void of pain? I'm like, well, no. He's like, so what is it that you really want? And after about an hour, I was like, I want them to be strong. I want them to be resilient. I want them to have what they need. And he's like, well, what does that require? And it really came down to this idea of resilience. And this came up in our staff meeting today. We didn't use the word resilient, but we were talking about, I think, the tension that all of us experience between, it's easier to point out the, the things that we don't want to do 
also, right? So if the aim is resilience, like we want to cultivate resilience, I think the the trouble that we often find ourselves in is like, if resilience is the right way, the middle road, the road less often traveled, if you will, the, the two ditches on either side of the road of resilience is coddling and belittling. Um, I think that on one side, you know, we were talking in our staff meeting about you know, just this whole di- idea of this cultural moment we live in. And a lot of, a lot of folks were, were describing just this age of coddling. And we were referencing Jonathan Haidt's book, you know, um, about that, right? How, how American society has, has really created an atmosphere of, of what we were calling coddling. Um, and then on the other ditch, right, it's, it's, it's belittling. Like if we don't coddle people, there's also another error, which is like, just to belittle. And so again, I want to set this up real quick and then we can b- bounce back and forth. But I think it's probably helpful to define terms first. So when I'm saying coddling, I'm kind of talking about like, if, if you're going to coddle somebody, whether it's your kids or whether it's uh, uh, somebody that you're mentoring or coaching or somebody you're trying to help, you know, we think of coddling, we think of enabling behavior. Like instead of someone having to face a consequence, you remove that consequence from them. You enable them to, to continue to do the behavior that's not helpful. I think of just just trying to remove people's pain for them, you know, removing all pain. Um, you know, just lacking courage. Like if I'm being coddled or if I'm coddling, it's like instead of instead of requiring or pushing someone to step out in courage. It's like, let's just remove the hardship. Let's just make this easy. Let's just make this simple. Let's just make it so everybody wins. Okay. Those are all. And and of course I'd love to hear from you in a moment, Austin, um, but just, you might have a better definition for that, but that's kind of the essence of coddling. That's what I mean when I'm talking about coddling the other side, which is an equal and opposite error is belittling. Because oftentimes when people talk about coddling, they're like, well, we shouldn't coddle. Like back when I was a kid, we just beat everybody. It's like, you know, <laughs> and so. I don't know if that's a good idea either. Right. And so the uh, the opposite, I'm just using the word belittling. We could use other words. But oftentimes the opposite of coddling or belittling is often driven. You know, we use fear. Uh, we use shame in order to like get people to like move like um, we make people, we can often like use name calling or make people feel less than it's, it's um, it's, it's much lacking in empathy. And so, you know, if, if, if coddling is a desire to like remove pain and kind of enable people to not have to experience pain, belittling is almost like, um, like fo- being more forceful and it's like, it can be an overreaction to coddling. And then, you know, um, coddling can be an overreaction to belittling. And the goal here is that we engage in neither. Um, because I think, I think the goal is that we, we cultivate resilience, which cultivating resilience is learning how to do hard things well learning how to do hard things well and helping other people learn how to do hard things well. And unfortunately that requires pain that requires friction. 
Um, and so that, that's, that's what I want to talk about today. Okay. So I just said a lot. I just, I just spent eight minutes setting that up. So when you think about this ditch of coddling and belittling, like to, as being opposites, but both errors and the aim being, how do we cultivate resilience? Thanks for listening to this episode of the relational recovery podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with part two in our conversation. We'll see you then. Thank you.